This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. To my favorite murder, the mini stuff. It's cute. It's short. It's little. Don't worry about it. And we read you your stuff. Ready? Uh, okay. Do you want me to go first? <laughs> sure. Is that the most concise, uh, tightest intro we've ever done for ourselves? Ever, ever done. Let's talk about it for a little bit. This is <laughs> unbelievable. What we just did now is the opposite of what we usually do, which is what I'm doing now. We usually just talk and talk and like we talk about, you know, what's up with our week and everything. And uh, not this time. Go up and down. And your boyfriend gets upset. <laughs> but not this, this time. time. We're right to the. <laughs> because really, at the end of the day. When you think about it. Okay, ready for this one? Always. Uh, Subject line is, sinkhole tried to take my baby and avoiding cults. (laughs) I've been, no greeting whatsoever. Great, I love Love it. Love it. You don't need one. I've been meaning to send in my sinkhole story and was sparked to pause catching up on the latest episodes after hearing you mention the garbage eating cult. I met them. Sorry, I was catching up because I spent two weeks in the woods and listening to MFM in the woods is scary as fuck. And... And I know I shouldn't have even been in the woods in the first place, surrounded by dusty white people. <laughs> <laughs> dusty white people. <laughs> but, I, but I need my nature therapy. On to the stories. Okay. Okay. My cult story. When I was doing my second attempt at college, a group of friends invited me to a free dinner. Fucking red flag. Oh, red flag. Yeah. No, there. There's no such thing as free dinner, lunch, or breakfast. Only this people, is me talking, yeah. not the email. Yeah. And also, that's every cult in the world. Every religion is like, come to our mixer. Spaghetti dinner. Come to our spaghetti dinner. Shaky cheese spaghetti dinner. I'd be there in one second if I was like 23. Um, That's how they get you. Okay, so we're back in the email now. Okay. When we got there, it was packed with people and they were serving up typical Midwest hot dish. Oh my God. Hey, vegan and meat option. Why I remember this, who knows? Right away, I got really weird vibes from this dude who had organized the meal and had his little crew um, with him they started talking jesus stuff and how all the food was free from the dumpster <laughs> oh my god that's not what you want to say <laughs> i laid out of their fast because of bad vibes gross dumpster hot dish and i was so over jesus i had no idea it was a cult recruitment until i heard your episode i don't know if anybody from school officially joined them but i know that they held a number of dinners and a few of my friends really got into going to them i feel like my school was too into party hard to join their cult but I do know people really got into the idea of dumpster diving free food and not paying rent by squatting all over town and campus Fuck, that's how they get you the glamorous life (laughs) Sheila E okay now it's we're back my second sink my sinkhole story sorry there's no second a few weeks after my first daughter was born we had to go 
to a midwife checkup appointment. We were broke as fuck, didn't have a car. So in the dead of summer, I had to walk with my new baby a mile to the bus stop. Oh, God. When the bus finally came, I was dying for some bus air conditioning. But a guy got off through the front door, halting my entrance. And I remember thinking, dude, you're supposed to get off the back door. Uh There is a system here. Uh But being a typical Midwesterner, I said nothing and just shamed him in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, after he had gotten off the bus, we stepped on and heard a loud crash behind us. We turned around and the sinkhole where we were just standing, um, Oh, the sidewalk where we were just standing was gone, and so was the dude. No. A sinkhole had opened up and swallowed him. The bus driver radioed 911 or whoever, told them what happened. Someone on the bus was like, back up the bus. It could open wider. Yeah, dude. And I was like, get me and my new baby off this bus. We all got off the bus and could hear the man screaming and the sound of water rushing to fill the hole. We tried to yell at him that help was on the way, but he couldn't hear us and just kept screaming. It was all so unsettling, to say the least. Emergency services finally showed up and was able to get him out. He was all bloody, but able to walk and was taken away in an ambulance. Like a jerk, I can't help but think if he had just followed the rules and gone off the back of the bus. Maybe he wouldn't have ended up in that hole. My mom later said that if we had been the ones who had ended up in the hole, we would be rich with settlement money. I was just going to say, but yeah, that guy got a fucking big settlement that's from the right. city. I guess that's where I get my a-hole ideas. Oh, my <laughs> That's God. right. It's usually hereditary. Yeah. Hope you like my non-murder and everybody lives stories. Lastly, I just want to say thank you for bringing to attention your struggles, mental health, addiction, eating stuff, etc. It feels like healing. Oh, that's, that's nice. nice. Also, thank you for talking about what's happening to Native American indigenous women people in this country and in Canada being a member of the community and working for it for a number of years I unfortunately have more than one story of someone I know who was murdered I don't think I will ever be able to write those stories in an email but I am grateful that you two have helped give voice to the victims it feels kind of awkward to send a fangirl letter but I love you guys so much SSDGM Tessa oh that was a lovely lovely email Tessa I feel like we have to really quickly give credit to uh, the podcast Missing and Murdered because they are the ones who are doing the incredible work on the indigenous people and um, God, the 60 Sweet Man, that turns out to be the everyone listen to Missing and Murdered Missing and Murdered and um, uh, well I think because we did talk about Wind River but that idea that that is like based on the fact that indigenous women get murdered and they're this crazy rate rate and none of them get solved no one works on them and none of them get solved so yeah uh, we could definitely be doing more and we we've barely done what like lots of other podcasts have done but as long as everyone talks about it yeah we, we can all talk about it together that's right thanks Tessa uh, dear Karen, Georgia, and Co. This isn't a murder story, but does fall under some of your categories of interest, namely badass grandparents, survival stories, and flash floods. In the summer, oh, yeah. all our favorites. <laughs> Did you know, flash floods are our interest. <laughs> I think they are now. <laughs> they are now. No, it's true. It's just mm, you know, my f- one more thing to put on the dating profile. <laughs> In the summer of 1976, my grandparents, who, by the way, Karen, she gave us their names and they live up to the hype, Irvin and Nancy. Uh, Irvin. Yes. Not enough Irvins anymore. Um, Irvin. Wait, is this story about Magic Johnson? (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) They had driven up to Estes Park, a small mountain town in Colorado, to go to their regular square dancing group. 
course. <laughs> my <laughs> I know. The way my grandpa used to tell it, on the way home, a huge thunderstorm developed over the mountains and the night was, quote, blacker than the inside of a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Irvin, Irvin, you old bullshitter, you. <laughs> it was the kind of Western state summer thunderstorms that are so intense that windshield wipers can't move fast enough to see clearly out of the windshield. Mm -hmm. Eventually, they had to pull over. They stayed in the car until a man started banging on their window and yelling at them to get out of their car and head for higher ground. Oh, shit. My grandparents ended up having to climb the steep canyon walls in their square dancing outfits in the pitch dark and pouring rain. I can fucking oh, picture it now. Shit. Yeah. Swing your partner up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> and dozy do. And dozy do. Um, as they climbed, a huge wall of water came down the canyon and swept <gasps> away cars, houses, and parts of the road. Eventually, they had found a group of other people who had climbed up the canyon and took shelter in a van. They spent the night that way, stranded and waiting for the morning to be rescued. Down on the plains, my 19-year-old mom and her older brother had no idea what happened, except that their parents were supposed to be driving back through the flash-flooded canyon, and they hadn't arrived home. Ooh. They waited out most of the night with their own grandmother until finally getting a call late the next morning that their parents had been rescued by a helicopter and taken to one of the local high schools. The Big Thompson flood was one of the worst natural disasters in Colorado history. The storm that caused it dumped 12 inches of rain over the canyon in four hours. That's a foot. Huh? That's a foot. <laughs> You're fucking right. 12 inches? That's not I right. Just, 12 inches is a foot. Did she mean 12 feet? No, she had to mean. I don't know. That's almost that's almost the yearly total of rain. <laughs> I, don't, for I don't think they could. I don't think it could rain twelve feet in four hours. I don't think. But twelve inches of rain is like up to your your like calf. Well, I bet it's enough. <laughs> We're from California, you guys. We don't. Rain is cute here. Listen, listen. Look. You can do a flood. I think of of twelve inches of rain is plenty to do a flood. Well, a flood, well, a flood doctor, please email us and tell us. <laughs> What is a lot of rain? Yeah. Okay. That seems like a ton. Great. But they does, they do say that that's almost a yearly total of rain for the area in one, that they got it all in one night. Oh shit. So they weren't handle, they weren't able to handle it. No. On top of that, <laughs> in the steep canyon, all of the water that fell on the hillsides collected in the Big Thompson River, which is why the flood was so swift and devastating. 143 people died and the many, and many homes were destroyed. Some of the cars were washed down the river with, were only identifiable by their number the sediment on the uh, in the water had completely stripped off the paint wow Shit. my grandparents car was never found in 2006 three years before she died my grandma got to meet the man who saved their lives the guy who banged on the window <gasps> really butch hutchins of course that's his name <sighs> he said he had stayed away from the flood memorials because he was afraid to learn that he could have done more oh but it's because of him that i got to meet both my grandparents SSDGM Maya. Wow. Butch Hutchins. Butch. That, was that the name? Butch Hutchins. Butch Hutchins or? and Nancy and Irvin, our best oh friends. See, you know what? It's true. We don't take, like, because flooding doesn't affect us that much. Yeah. It is hard to imagine. But, like, the idea that cars were, like, unrecognizable. Yeah. And, like, that's, I mean, that's, don't make me say that's the power of water. But that's. <laughs> You don't need you don't need twelve feet. So you're oh, the water doctor. That's what you're saying. It's me. Ask me. AMA water. <laughs> my um. Do you know my first boyfriend died in a flash flood? No. Yeah. 
That's real sad. That's horrible. I know. Well, he was, we were, we weren't together. I was, you know, I was like young at the time when we dated, but then we got older as you do. And he went off to go to college and he and his best friend just got caught up in a flash flood, swept under a fucking semi. And oh my God. Died. It's, he was such a wonderful person. It's really tragic. Mike, That's horrible. Mike Lewis, we met at Jewish camp. Oh, you know, sad. Oh, it's so sad and people die young. I know. Okay. Okay. Ready for more bad stuff? Always. <laughs> cool. This, um, this has all the things I like in it. Okay. This, that's this one. Okay. It all, it, this title gives it away. <laughs> Hi, friends. Earlier this year, I was riding in the car with my boss and the mayor of the tiny town in Tennessee where I work. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> wait, the, your boss the man or is the, the boss your mayor? He's your mayor. With my boss and the mayor of the tiny. It sounds like there's three people in the okay. car. I would assume yeah. there were three. They were driving me around, showing me all the sights and sharing some old Southern gossip. Mm -hmm. I was pretending to be interested. Then somehow sinkholes were brought up and the mayor began to tell me this story. Mm -hmm. I had to force myself to listen and actually get the details because all my brain was yelling was, oh, my God, Karen would love this story. <laughs> so here goes. A few miles outside of the town where I work is a historic farm called Rock Rest Farms. In 1902, a man by the name of Elijah Creek bought the 600. 30 acre property and built a stagecoach in that served travelers along the Nashville to Louisville Pony Express line. There were many rumors about Elijah's origins. He claimed to be from an island in the Mediterranean off the coast of Spain, but this story was widely disbelieved. Regardless, the other local people found Elijah to be super creepy. Francois Michaud, the French naturalist, wrote in his diary in 1802 about his stay at Cheeks Inn, quote, fearing that I should witness some murdering scene. I quickly took my leave and put up in an inn about three miles further on, end quote. That was trust his intuition. Yeah, that's right. That's how the French are. Yeah. They, they know how to make good wine and they listen to their gut. Smart. And because of that, they're very thin. <laughs> Francois' gut wasn't wrong. Rumor had it that Elijah would rob and kill the guests in the caves behind the inn Ugh. where they would store cold foods in the underground stream. These rumors were never confirmed, and Elijah died of natural causes in 1818. It's not known exactly when, but at some point after Elijah's death, the caves were searched for signs of the murders. Some jewelry and some small bones were found, but no bodies. Hmm. So, jump ahead to me in the car with the mayor, and he tells me... <laughs> The mayor. It's like, it's like uh, this person's bragging. Yeah. Like, I hung out with the mayor for the day. Like, that's a really impressive, awesome thing. And I, I love mean, it when have so I hung much. out with the mayor? Never. You fucking never. Fucking don't even act. Never. Don't even front like you've hung out with the mayor like this person because you haven't. Okay. So jump ahead to me in the car with the mayor. And he tells me that about 20 years ago, there's a massive flood. And during that flood, there's all kinds of themes in this. Show. Yeah, for sure. A massive flood. And during that flood, a sinkhole located on the property filled completely with water, bringing to the surface a bunch of floating human bones. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. The bones were taken away and tested and found to be dated back to the 1800s. Fuck. These are believed to finally be the discovered bones of several of Elijah Creek's victims. He would murder and rob his victims in the caves and dispose of the bodies by throwing them down the sinkhole where they stayed hidden for nearly 200 years. Wow. 
A fun little fact, the Stagecoach Inn burned down in 1847. The inn was rebuilt and was again destroyed by Union soldiers. In 1952, another barn on the property was burned down. Maybe the ghosts of Elijah Cheek's pissed off victims stuck around? Anyways, you guys feel like some of my best friends that I get to hang out with every day on my way to work. And when I heard this story, I knew I had to to write in. You were so right. Stay sexy and always check the sinkhole for bodies. Keelan. That had everything you love in it. It, the mayor, I, right, hanging out with the mayor, driving around with the mayor, tiny bones, tiny bones, little tiny bit of treasure in a cave, Caves. and and then two hundred year old bones that actually prove an old theory that people were like, you must be insane, yeah. and suddenly it's like in your face. The sinkhole, the sinkhole holds secrets, and one day the sinkhole flourishes the secret fill, I don't know. the fill, secret fill every, the, you know what I mean you're, what you're saying is fill every sinkhole <laughs> with water and let's see them bones many bodies uh, this might be one of my favorite stories it's shit it reminds me of the town on fire story really yeah. no matter what you say now I'm gonna say I don't like it <laughs> 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 okay thank you uh, I didn't really like I didn't really like that one I didn't like that one okay this is called <laughs> Poisonous jello rain. Oh, shit. Um, hey, y'all. My grandpa is currently in the process of moving, so we've all been doing a lot of house hunting. One place we found was in Oakville, Washington, uh, uh, south of Puget Sound. We didn't know much about Oakville, so we researched the town a bit to see what it's like. What we got was a very exciting and honestly perplexing surprise. Turns out Oakville is famous for the most bizarre weather anomaly I've ever heard of. Gelatinous blob rain. What? And I just want to say for the fucking record, aliens. I'm 100% behind aliens that this is the cause. Ready? I'd say local local um, chemical company. Yeah, but let me, maybe there's you got to hear the weird fucking things. No, no, I'm deciding already. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. OK. Um, on August 7th, 1994, at about 3 a.m., the first bout of jello rain began to fall. Fuck. It was clear, like normal rain, but much unlike normal rain, it was gooey to the touch. Oh, my God. It smeared in windshield wipers and looked vaguely like mushy hailstones on the ground. This unsettling precipitation fell six uh, times over a three-week period and covered 20 square miles. Oh. Oh, but that's not the weirdest part. Not only was this rain texturally fucked, but also those who came in contact with it fell very ill. They experienced shortness of breath, vision lost, vertigo. Oh, Jesus, I'm, I think I have it. You have it now. <laughs> they experienced shortness of breath, vision loss, vertigo, and nausea, which lasted for uh, months for some. Several pets also died after being exposed to the goop. Samples of the rain goo were tested and found to contain human white blood cells, what? Two, <laughs> two kinds of bacteria, and eukaryotic cells. That suggests it was part of something alive. But to this day, no one knows what the fuck fell from the sky. (laughs) Theories include jellyfish bits blown into the air by bomb tests. Why would there be human DNA in it? Great question. Bio warfare experiments and waste from airplanes. But none of these fit perfectly. I'm calling aliens. They said (laughs) they said it. And I agree. Needless to say, we were pretty unenthused about buying a house there after reading all that. But I was naturally Mm -hmm. fascinated and immediately thought to tell you folks about it. Smart. I got my info from the Unsolved Mysteries wiki. And there are plenty of articles about it. If you want to check it out for yourselves, you can't make this shit up. (laughs) 
<laughs> Stay sexy and don't move to Oakville, Lila from Seattle. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, dude. Human um, fucking that is, blood yeah. cells. Mm-mm. Oh, human blood cells. That's right. Not human DNA. That is so unnerving. The consistency element of it is very yeah. upsetting. Like, I want to know about the bacteria has to be in. Like, I wonder where the bacteria has been seen before. I wonder what the hell eukaryotic cells means. And if I'm saying it right, <laughs> so many questions. It kind of sounds like the Eucharist. Like little, there's bodies of Christ. Amen in there. Yeah. Lila, Lila. Great. Great job. Great. And um, <laughs> amazing. Great. What's it called? Instinct on sending it into us. Guys, yes. we want more like that. You know what you're doing. Lila, you know it. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. 
June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you can make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Okay. This is an I survived plus a sinkhole story. Say what? Oh, Karen's like hello trifecta, but with two things. I'm (laughs) (laughs) trifecta minus one. What do they call that? Sleek, and it's a bifecta. Bifecta. (laughs) Um, Hello, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and all associated animals. Love it. I love that. That sounds like it's civic based. Mm I live near the Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore, which is located on the southern tip of Lake Michigan. A very common pastime uh, when spending a day at the beach is to run up and down the dunes. I'm not entirely sure why that is, as the sand is always hot as fuck. And have you ever tried to climb a sand mountain? It sucks. These dunes are known as living dunes because they move anywhere from a few a few to upwards of 20 feet per year. Wow. One of the more famous dunes is called Mount Baldy and is over 120 feet <gasps> tall. In July of 2013, six-year-old Nathan Wassner was visiting the dunes with his family and went to climb Mount Baldy with his father when all of a sudden he fell into no. a sinkhole, all caps. <gasps> The dune literally swallowed him. Oh, my God. Nightmare. Nightmare. Apparently, all the years of shifting had compromised the integrity of the surface and allowed for a giant-ass boy swallowing sinkhole. His father and other beachgoers immediately (gasps) tried to dig him out, but they could not see or hear him, and the sand was difficult to displace. First responders arrived and tried to use shovels to dig Nathan out (gasps) to no avail. After a few hours, they were able to drive an excavator up the dune. Start using that to dig, but they had to be extremely careful so as not to hurt Nathan with a giant metal claw digging thing. So progress was slow as they would have the excavator move a foot forward, dig around with their arms and shovels, then repeat the process for what I'm sure seemed like an eternity. One of after what I'm sure seemed like an eternity, one of the first responders felt the top of Nathan's head and was able to pull him out. He was found in a standing position as if he had fallen down a narrow pipe. When he was pulled out, he was cold, limp, and didn't have a pulse. Oh my god, Nathan. Which wasn't terribly surprising since he had spent four hours buried oh. in a sand sinkhole. That's fucking oh. horrifying. But then... Oh As he was in the back of a lifeguard truck on the way to the ambulance, a first responder noticed that a cut on the top of his head had started to bleed. His heart started beating again. He was rushed to a local hospital and then later airlifted to Chicago, where it was determined that he had suffered no brain damage. And in fact, his only injuries appeared to be that cut on his head where someone nicked it with a shovel while they were digging. I knew it. And a scratch on on his cheek. He has no memory of the incident, so he's not even traumatized. What the 
just the parents. Um, no one knows how he was able to survive that long buried in the sand. Mount Baldy was closed for a few years afterwards. Good. No shit. But they reopened it last summer with a big fence and warning signs around it saying that if you went inside the fence, you'd be fined. Uh, pretty sure the threat of getting buried alive yeah. inside a sand dune is more of a deterrent than a fine, but okay. Stay sexy and away from sand dunes, Kim. That scares me so much. That's nuts. But this, the sand dune got angels saved him. Yes, they did. Also, Aww. can you imagine being this parent of like, the yeah. longer they search, you're just like, this We're is... We're looking for my kid's body now. Oh, that is bananas. That, I have to admit, I read the first page of that. I did not read the second oh, so you page. Didn't know. And I was like, Steven, you've got the whole world in your hands I right know. now. I'm like, what because oh, you know, know better than to lead us down the stony path of then the child just died right, in the sand. Right, right, right Stephen. Well, sometimes we like that. He knows it. <laughs> well, true. Okay. Sometimes it's just like it printed out that way too, so that made it probably worse, more dramatic. Because yeah. it was like you had to turn the page. Yeah, <laughs> I was not expecting that kid to, to for Nathan to live. I really wanted him to be in a hidden cave. <laughs> With Egyptian tre- treasure. It's crazy that he doesn't remember it. Because, like, I wonder if he was just, like, off on another, in another plane of existence. His his whole interior was like, we're shutting all of us down. Yeah. For a, we're going to hold for six hours. <laughs> and we're going to be right back online. Do you need us? Knock us? Give us a knock on the head with oh. a shovel. <laughs> just go ahead and dig into my head with a and shovel. We'll be fine. Okay. This, my last one's called Kentucky Meat Shower. Oh. Yeah. Karen, Georgia, Stephen, Vince, and all the pets. Oh, Vince. Uh, I was listening to the recent minisode where you shared about the Jello rain shower in Washington. And finally, I have a hometown to send you the story <laughs> of the Kentucky meat shower. Shit. Here we go. Back in March 1876, on a clear night in Rankin, Kentucky, Mrs. Couch, I never could find her name, only her husband's, Ugg, was outside minding her own business, doing farmy type things on her farm when all of a sudden chunks of meat started falling from the sky. The chunks were as small as a golf ball up to as big as a grapefruit. I'm sure this poor woman was freaking the fuck out. She was interviewed saying the shower of flesh must have been a sign from God. Yeah, probably. The next day, some kind of sign. I don't know. Go inside. Stay inside. (laughs) Finish your basement. Go inside and finish your basement. The next day, some random dudes came to the farm to investigate and said the mystery meat had the distinct taste of, quote, rancid mutton, which means they ate it. Which means they ate it. it? It's like like the cocaine rubbing it on your tooth, but the meat shower (laughs) taste it. You just dab it under your tongue each side. And it says, no, thank you. A scientist later studied a preserved sample and said it had to be some form of gnostic or cyanobacteria that can fall when it rains, much like the story in the last hometown which i pronounced totally wrong by the way in the last i got so many tweets but i don't care about whoa the what whatever that's called sciencey pronunciations that i don't know oh are you not a scientist did you know i'm not a scientist wait no because you've really been acting like one this whole time yeah and it's on my resume that i gave you Uh for this podcast (laughs) science smoking fencing (laughs) the only problem with that theory is that it was complete it was a completely clear night so it couldn't have been part of the rain um to add further confusion to the story a later analysis of the tissue discovered it to be either lung tissue from a horse what? Or, all caps, a human infant. And then it says, apparently those tissues were indistinguishable back then. Weird. So it's probably horse meat. It can't, a human infant. But 
Okay, yeah, but questions. Okay, let me keep reading. So what actually happened, question mark? No one knows for certain. The favorite theory of locals in the area is that the meat from the sky was quite literally meat. They think vultures flying overhead must have disgorged their stomachs all at once to cause the chunks of meat to shower down. They had probably previously chowed down on an animal carcass, hopefully, and sure. poor Mrs. Couch was just incredibly unlucky that night. I've lived in Kentucky for more than half my life now, and I love my weird and wonderful state. Hoping to see you come through here again if the world stops ending. Thanks for keeping me sane, <laughs> normalizing my true crime obsession, and just generally being the best. SSDGM and watch for meat showers, Kayla. Kayla, <laughs> I need to know, if you're going to say a meat shower, in my mind, mm -hmm. that means meat is going from as far as the eye can see to the right, yeah. as far as the eye can see to the left, back and forward. So... If it's vultures throwing up. Yeah. Did it just, did it come down within like a 10 foot radius? Right. Is, or was like, it just is like this one like one And then that's it? Who knows? Yeah, because, yeah, right. Because then that, I, there's so many theories you could start inventing yeah. about what that be from. But I imagined that it was like when you talked about the other one, that it's like rain, Showering. but other stuff. Yeah. Like rain goes everywhere. It doesn't just. No, I think it was just the meat. Can someone also like a biology major tell us if if fucking horse meat and human infant meat are at all similar? <laughs> Why back in the 1800s, they would have confused the two. I have to say that I bet you the scientist that theorized that was like this. The chances are this looks a lot like um, horse lung to me. <gasps> what if it was a baby? But what if it was a Baby. Oh my god! And then, then, then the person that they worked with is like still writing it down. Where he's like, no, 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 don't write down or, you everything know, I say. He's thinking it and, and accidentally writing it at the same time. You know when you do oh, that? Yeah. That's got to be like he's like he's writing what it probably is. Right. Then he accidentally wrote what he hopes it's not. Right. What would be the would best be? case scenario and the worst case scenario? Best case scenario, and then when he will quit is when it comes back <laughs> as. But if this ever happens again and it's human infant. I'm out. I just need to know the range. I need to know uh, the the what by what did this fall in? Yeah. Um, send us your fucking stories, please. They're so fun. They're so They're fun. They're getting to read better through. by the moment. They really are. So good. I had so many yeah. good ones to choose from. Uh, you can send them to my favorite murder at Gmail. There's a place on the website to send them and in the, in the fan cult as well. We love them. And come and be a part of things. Listen and then get just find one noun that you can relate to your own life and that like many people did on this episode mm -hmm. and then go I finally have a reason to write in and write it in that's right and also you stay sexy and don't get murdered goodbye yeah, Elvis do you want a cookie ah!